So, um, for those who were here last week, that was so loud. Thanks. Um, I touched on Song of Solomon two fourteen through sixteen. Did anybody, anybody here last week? I know there was people. There was a couple. There was a few hands. Good. Uh, I want to just recap that really quickly because we're going to kind of springboard off of that into where we're going today. So. My dove is hidden behind the rocks, behind the outcrop of the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is pleasant or sweet. Your face is lovely. Catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blooming. My lover is mine, and I am his. And so last week we touched on um, the importance of catching the foxes, the vineyard being our, our hearts, our relationship with Jesus. The thing that we nurture, the thing that we tend to, the thing that we, we look after is our relationship. We can't neglect our relationship with Jesus ever. And what happens so often, I had my cell phone and I was holding my cell phone up and just we allow, we allow things and cares of the world to come in and press in on either side and, and they distract us and they become these foxes that come and they, they, they take out the vineyard, they ruin the vineyard, they, they, eat, the, they eat the fruit. And they're cute and fluffy for a time, and, but then there's like five, and then there's 12, and then there's 100, and then your vineyard is destroyed. So we have to go hard after these foxes. We have to make a, a, an intentional pursuit of holiness. We have to be a people who intentionally pursue the deep things of the presence of God. And we cannot allow at all for any, any, any length of time foxes to come in and to take out the fruit of the vineyard that God has put in us. Does that make sense? You guys track with me? I feel myself included and this is not speaking of this body this is just generalizing. It is so easy in today's society and time we live to tolerate foxes in the vineyard. We do. We tolerate foxes in the vineyard. We allow things to come in and, and we, live, we live in a generation right now where everything is excusable. I'm a victim. I'm this. I'm that. It's not my fault. We make excuses for things. Not so with us. That is not the kingdom. That is not the heart of God. We are called to be a people who are set apart. Not ones who tolerate sin or tolerate distractions and tolerate things that nibble and destroy our relationship with God or take away from intimacy. And it doesn't have to be something 
grandiose. It's not like some big you know, tidal wave crashing on a beach. It can be something small. And it's just these little things that just draw us away from intimacy and draw us away from intimacy. And before long, you realize that you're out, you're in the middle of a desert. I'll have a quick story and analogy before we get going with where we're going. <coughs> Sorry. Um, just an example of that. Many years ago, I was in Fiji with a YWAM team, and we were doing missions, and it was amazing. And um, one day, we were there for almost three months, and one day out of the, the our time there, it was really cool. We got to go to this, this nice island. Some guys had a boat, and they took us on this boat to this fancy little island off the coast. And, and it, was, it was amazing. And all these people, all the other YWAMers, were, they were off doing their thing um, on the beach. And I, just, I wanted to go swimming, so I was, I was snorkeling. And I mean, there's the reef, and I'm following the reef. And my head was down, and I'm just amazed as I'm, I'm doing what I'm most supposed to be doing, which is touching the coral. Of course, I'm like pulling along the coral because I didn't know. <laughs> as I shoot along this coral reef, and it was just so fascinating. It was so beautiful. The, the water was amazing. It was warm. All these glorious different colored fish. And all of a sudden, I look up, and I realize I'm like half an hour, 45-minute swim from the beach. I'm, if you know me, if you ask Heather, I'm not a swimmer. I've, I'm like, swimming? No. I am not a swimmer. I'm a sinker. I'm a guy who holds his breath, and I don't float. I go whoop, straight to the bottom. I just do. Full set along, uh, full, yeah, full, you know, air in the lungs, and I'm just, I'm on the ground. So I'm not a swimmer. But I was so caught up in what I was experiencing. Now, this was a God moment for me. I was just like, I was in worship. I was like, Lord, this is, this is the greatest thing ever. It's just so beautiful. It's so amazing. But when I looked up, I was far from shore. Now, that was a positive. It was cool. I saw stingrays and pufferfish and sea sharks. It was pretty scary, but awesome. Anyways, um, point being that you don't realize when you're going far from shore. We don't realize because we're so focused on something. For me, it was the coral. For me, it was the fish. For me, it was an experience with, with the presence of God, which is beautiful. But if I if I apply that to other things, whatever it might be, distractions that are foxes. We become so focused on simple things, so caught up in things that we look up and we realize, wow, I'm so far from God right now. I am so far from Jesus. Jesus, where are you? And how many of you know it's not him who's new? He hasn't gone anywhere. He hasn't gone anywhere. It's me who's moved. I've been distracted. I've allowed myself to get caught up in work or people or my cell phone or whatever it might be. It could be it could be gen like serious problems. It could be. It could be bank issues, it could be family issues, it could be life issues. And a lot of these things are really serious. But the precedence, the first and foremost, always has to be intimacy with the King of Creation. He has to be the first and foremost in every situation. If my life is falling apart, he should not be the one who's most distant from me. He should be the one who's right in the middle of it. Because he's the one I'm clinging to. He's the one I'm running to. And I allow nothing, 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 nothing to distract or take away from that. So I just wanted to recap on that. And just really quickly, I'm going to read the first part again. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. This is the cry of my heart. Jesus, let me hear your voice. Let me see your face. Let me see your form. Let me hear your voice. Let me encounter you. This is something we need to pray. We need to press into. It's who we are created to be. 
Newsflash, we weren't created for ourselves. We're created for him. You weren't created for you. You weren't created for your spouse. You weren't created for your children. You were created for intimacy with the king of all creation. First and foremost, he is the center of all things. We have to cry out. We have to contend. That's a key thing that Heather and I have really been talking about a lot lately is just intentional contending for the presence of God, intentionally contending to hold on to intimacy, but not just hold on to intimacy, but to press into intimacy. If our relationship were to be strained, should I, A, come over here and try just to deal with it from afar, or B, press into it, press into the presence of God and press into intimacy with her? And go hard after taking out whatever walls between us. I'm going to choose B. I'm going to be on my face before God and I am going to press in. Even if she doesn't want me to press in, I'm going to press in. Because I am going to contend and I am going to fight and I am going to tear down anything that would come between myself and my beloved. How much more so with the presence of God? How much more so with the King of all creation? So, okay, that's just a recap. I, I didn't really get to go there last week, but I just wanted to kind of finish that up. Um, even though it's late. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, it's connected to what Michael was saying, and it's kind of just the practical side of these little foxes, and that is um, my favorite word right now, which is overcoming. And uh, um, overcoming is, is something that needs to be the norm in the body of Christ. And uh, I am actually going to flip back to the passage that was read this morning, Revelation 12, um, because it's so powerful. And it kind of... Let's see. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... And they have defeated him, so the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. So in that passage, we see that the blood of the lamb, it represents the provision. So there is provision to overcome anything and everything that comes against you at any time. That's powerful. I'm going to say that again. There is provision. It's the blood of the lamb. This is how we overcome by the blood of the lamb, which gives us provision to overcome anything and everything that comes against us at any time. There is victory available for anything and everything that comes against us at any time. So our job is to, by the word of their testimony, we come into agreement with that victory. So that's how we overcome the foxes and whatever else that comes comes to destroy. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That is powerful. That is powerful. And uh, so that's something that we've been working out. We've been working out individually, working out in our family. Um, anything. Like, you know, like I, you know, there's stuff in my life that I've been battling against for you know years or whatever it's like enough is enough it's time for that to go Mm -hmm. and that's the season in the body of christ right now 
just whatever it is, whatever comes to your mind, that thing that is just, either it's a thorn in your flesh or it's just something that just you can't kick, contend, go after it because the provision is there. We can't give up. And, um, yeah, there is victory. Joy comes in the morning. Um, The other passage I wanted to read from here is... uh, Psalm 112. Now, this is my psalm for the year, back going back to New Year's. One of my New Year's resolutions that I stand on. <laughs> um, praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. We we build. In the kingdom of God, we build with our mouths and with our words. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I, I made declaration to my kids. I'm like, you guys are blessed, and you're going to be successful everywhere you go because we fear the Lord. And the word of God says, if we fear the Lord, our children will be successful everywhere. That's right. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy, and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will will be long remembered. They do not fear this part. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They give generously and freely to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. The wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away their hopes thwarted. But these verses here, verse uh, verse 7 and 8, those who fear the Lord, they do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. And the more we work this truth mm-hmm. into every aspect of our lives, you know, like, okay, so for me, I'm like, oh, income taxes. Like, nope, I will confidently face <laughs> that giant of income taxes. You know, like, just little stuff, like little, it's the little foxes. Right? All those little things that come against us, those little things that just cause that anxious, worry, whatever it is. We confidently can face that. And it's like we don't have to know how we're going to navigate through. We don't have to know that in order to gain confidence. We gain confidence because we're in Christ Mm -hmm. and God is with us. Mm -hmm. And then we trust and have faith that he's going to... Help us navigate through. We've bought into a system that says that we're we're subject to the circumstances around us. So often, I, I see so many believers who contend. And I wrote this down. We contend. It's like we fight for our right to carry and walk in something that we were never created to carry or walk in. Mm-hmm. We we weren't created to have this tumultuous, intimate relationship with God where it's on again, off again. That is not who we are called to be. It's not what we were created for. Not at all. But we buy into this belief system that says, well, 
I have no control over these things. You're right, we don't, but he does. And through him we do. No, I'm saying in and of ourselves we don't. Through him we do. Because he has called us new creations. We are no longer who we were. We are now something new. And when we come into relationship and partnership with the one who controls and holds all things in his hand, we have authority. We're not victims. You're not subject to your circumstances. And so we, ha we have this, this idea that we fight for our right to be offended. We fight for our right to be upset. We fight for our right to climb the spiritual corporate ladder or to contend with, with the beloved, to contend with brothers and sisters in Christ. Not so with you. Far be it from us to be this, that we would contend with the Son of God sitting beside you, with the daughter of the living God sitting beside you. I'm going to read something really quickly. What did I read? Okay. First off, did you guys know you are called sons and daughters of light? Who knows this? We are called sons and daughters of light. If we turn, I mean, the sun's out right now, so if there was no windows in here, and we turn off the lights, it's going to be dark. As soon as you turn on the light, what happens to darkness? It has to be. It doesn't have an option. It's not like the darkness contends to be in the light. It doesn't encroach on the light. It has to leave. As sons and daughters of the living God, you are called light. Because that's who he is, and he is in you, and he has made you righteousness. He has called you the righteousness of Christ. You are now clothed with his righteousness. We are now light. So when we enter into a dark place or a dark time, it's actually ungodly to cower and to go, what am I going to do? I'm a victim. I'm in trouble. It is not who we are. It is counter-kingdom, counter-scripture, counter-Christ to be that person. Does that make sense? We are called sons and daughters of light because he has victory in all things. Therefore, as his sons and daughters, we are heirs. We have victory in all things. And what happens is we have a spirit of unbelief and we, we partner with unbelief, which is actually an accusation from the demonic against the throne of God where he will elevate his opinion and he comes in and he whispers in her ear, whatever it is, when we come into agreement with this, we actually elevate our opinion and our circumstance above the word of the Lord. You guys tracking with me? We actually elevate our circumstance above the very word of God. And in that moment, we're actually accusing him of being a liar and saying that what he's given for us and what Christ did on the cross is not enough. This is a hard word, maybe. But it's true. And we're not angry with anybody. <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> Each one here. And I'm saying this, I said to Heather, I said, I'm preaching as much to myself as anybody else. That's why I like doing this, because I, I get myself all fired up and I go home and I'm like, man, that was a good message. God, forgive me. And I get in my face. It's good. Because I convict myself of stuff all the time. It's great. Um, Can I just jump in here? Jump in here. Um, just to kind of expose one of the lies, how the enemy works is, 
um, I find you can kind of summarize his attack with, with this, and that is um, the lie that things are not going to be okay. It kind of just comes down to that, right? It's just that fear comes in. It's like, you know, whatever the situation is, oh, it's not going to be okay. Things are going to be bad. Things are bad. It's not good. It's not going to be okay. Things are not going to be okay. Where Jesus says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Right? That's the truth of God. And again, just practically, it doesn't mean we have to be able to see and navigate through. Like, doesn't mean that we have to see the end from where we're at in order to have that peace. We have the peace because we have faith in the one who sees the whole thing. Right? So we don't have to... That's, that's, like, that's how people of the world operate. And we're not people of the world. They have to see the plan. They have to sit down logically, just write it out. Okay, this is how I'm going to get through. Oh, now I feel better. That's not our portion. We can face the giants and just, ah, it's going to be good. <laughs> I don't know how, but it's going to be good. God's going to do something. He prepared right. the table before us in the presence of our enemies. Yeah, that's good. In the midst of the battle, there's a stillness in the middle of the storm. His name is Jesus. That is when, it's just the pressing in principle. That is when, in the midst of the most, and I've, I've experienced this in my life. I'm not exaggerating. I've experienced this in my life where my life, and it's like everything is crumbling all around me. And you're in that moment and you have the option to control for the ball or to contend and press into the presence of God. And in that moment, there's a table seated in the presence of enemies. And Jesus is there. And you sit with him. And nothing can touch you. Because you are with the king of all creation. And in that moment, there's peace. And it is, it is outside of reason. And I remember sitting there before in the middle of this one storm I was, I was traversing. And I'm like, I'm dying on the inside. I feel like I'm, I'm literally, I feel like I'm, I'm being torn apart. And just pressing in through, through tears and travailing and, and <laughs> you can't breathe because you're crying and you're, and you're pressing into the presence of God and all of a sudden it's like this perfect peace comes over me. And my brain, I'm trying to rationalize it going like, what the, I shouldn't be feeling like this. How come, I? and I start laughing, I'm smiling, I'm like, but my circumstance is so dire. How can I be smiling and laughing in this moment? This is not, what? And it's the presence of God. And as we step into this place, this is where we're meant to live. We're meant to dwell here. We are currently seated in heavenly places. And we neglect that. We forget that because we're so immersed in where we're at in the moment. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians here. And believe it or not, this actually we haven't gotten to where we want to get to yet, really. Um, <laughs> For we live by believing and not by seeing. A number of uh, months ago, I spoke about unbelief and belief and how you have to contend and fight. This, we have to get this. Beloved, we have to get this. For us to see our homes change, for us to see our city change, for us to see the kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we have to grasp that 
if you're struggling with unbelief, we have to tear that fox. We have to, you have to shatter that fox. You have to go after it hard. You have to destroy it. There is no keeping a pet fox. You pull out your shotgun and you blow it away. You have got to... The kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and violent or aggressive men and women lay hold of it. You go after it hard. It's not a passive thing where I sit and go, it's, it's, there's peace, yes, but there is a contending where I have to go hard after the things that destroy intimacy, the things that would come against relationship, the things that would distract and destroy the, the vineyard. Okay? Um, So I'm going to jump into 2 Corinthians 5. I'm going to start off with verse 14, so it's right in the middle of a, a paragraph. So, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. You are not your own. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised them. I love verse 16. So, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Continually, we look to the left, we look to the right, I look in the mirror, and I evaluate myself and others from a human point of view. God doesn't evaluate me from a human point of view. God evaluates me from His point of view. I need to repent and come out from under what I'm under and come into alignment with His truth that I evaluate myself and others through his point of view and his perspective because we have the mind of Christ. Does this make sense? When I look to my left and my right and I start evaluating people out of my flesh, again, it's counter Christ. It's counter kingdom. And there's this idea that we hear all the time and we've heard it for generations. I remember growing up, um, so many times I heard this coming out of Christians' mouths. It's like, well, I'm a wretch. Okay. And, and, uh, and uh, I'm only human. No, you're not. You're not. You remember that? Remember that? Who was here for that thing? I had the casket. We had a casket here, and I climbed inside the casket. And it was this dream the Lord gave me. When we come to Christ, it's right here. I just read it to you guys. Okay. When we come to Him, you die. The old nature should be gone. No more. I am raised a new creation. Thus, I am no longer only human. And I'm going to read it to you in a second. Okay? To say that is actually partnering with the demonic and saying, again, something which is counter Christ, counter kingdom. If we can't come into agreement with how he sees us, how will we see other people and treat other people? How will we take a city for Christ and be light and be salt when we can't even look at ourselves that way? There is a time coming, beloved, when and this is kind of where we want to go, but before we go there, I've got a couple more verses we want to read and you probably want to, you've got stuff you want to share. Um, how many know what's happening right now? Trudeau just passed this, this thing, this whatever it was, with um, summer employees and Christian organizations, camps, whatever. Any Christian organization that's affected by this, okay? Unless you sign a piece of paper saying you're pro-abortion, pro-transgender, pro-homosexual, you will no longer receive funding for summer programs. No. 
Camp Bob is affected by this because they have grants for college students and now they won't be getting grants. So many places around the country are affected by this because they will not sign a piece of paper saying I'm pro-abortion. They will not sign a piece of paper saying I am pro-transgender, pro-homosexual, pro-whatever. I am a son. I am an heir. I am a child of the living God. And I will not compromise. This is a drop in the bucket compared to what's coming, and we'll get there in a minute. Before we finish that, um, get there, I want to read one more thing. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new has begun. So that's how we overcome, right? We, do, we stand by the word of our testimony. We, like, get some scriptures, just practically speaking, get some scriptures in hand that you could just pull out. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. The old has passed away. Um, because that's how we overcome, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We have to come into agreement with it. The, blood, the provision is there, but without the testimony, it just sits there. So we ha- that's how we activate it in our lives, is by coming into agreement and declaring it. So do you guys agree that we become a culture of overcoming? Yeah? Like, let's raise the bar, okay? Like, we are a, I just declare in Jesus' name that we are a people who overcome in Jesus' name. And that nothing that comes against us shall prosper and shall stand. In Jesus' name. We are overcomers. In Jesus' name. I release the grace to walk that out. Release the grace in Jesus' name. Revelation of these of these scriptures in Jesus' name. Colossians 1. I'm going to just read something over everyone here. I ask God to give you complete knowledge of Him, of His will, and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power, so you will have all endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. I'm going to jump down to 23b. You are a holy, excuse me, you are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. I want you guys just to, to let that resonate inside your spirits, okay? This is the word of the Lord. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. I was also just going to add, and let us walk worthy of the calling we've received. Mm-hmm. Right? Read one more passage here. Uh, just keep going on there. Um, sec- so, Corinth, uh, excuse me, Colossians 2, verse 11 through 13. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised not by physical procedure, 
Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. The cutting away of your sinful nature. We are not a body. We are not a people who are tossed to and fro. We are a people who are overcomers because, as Heather read, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. He has done it. If we are people who are still and we have a belief system that we are always subject to the environment, we are always subject to things around us, we are always subject to the, the, the lowest common denominator, beloved, Christ died for nothing. Because either what he did on the cross was 100% or it wasn't. There is no middle ground. As a body of believers, as Christians, as sons and daughters, and ones who profess, yes, we love you, yes, we believe you are who you say you are, we have to contend for this. We have to work it out. We have to walk it out. Woe to us, but far be it for us. If at the end of the age we stand before God and he says my son, my daughter and we've, we've seen a video played up here before I had this for you but you were so wrapped up in your unbelief you never contended and I was right there one day guys we stand before an all powerful God and we give account for every careless word that's come out of our mouths I don't know if you guys remember probably about a year and a half ago now I was just reminded of it. Um, I spoke, I had an arrow thing, a little range set up here, and I was shooting arrows. And we were talking about words and how words have power. Heather actually just addressed it today, this morning. By our words we are acquitted. By our words we are condemned. We, we give account. Because what comes off of here is what's inside of here. And if what's inside of here is not producing fruit, we need to get on our faces before God and we need to cut it away. You have got to go after the foxes. There is no room for anything less than I am all in. And I know we've talked about it before during the family service. It was a fun thing. I had two pieces of tape here. And some poor person, I don't remember who it was, was trying to do the splits as they walked two paths at once. They started off here, and as they were walking, they were doing this. Right? And I can't go that far. I'll hurt myself. And <laughs> we try, but we can't. It, it causes so much agony and pain inside of your spirits because we're at war with one another. We're at war within our members because we're trying to walk two roads. We're either in or we're not. Beloved, let's be all in. Which means there is absolutely no appetite and no tolerance for sin. No tolerance for deception. No tolerance for a, a, a compromise. Thank you. going to read the verse with me. Okay. Verse 12. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature. It was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ and he forgave all your sins. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, so... Something that um, has been on my heart the last couple of weeks, just like eight days, 
um, for us, uh, well, I guess it's been on my heart for a long time with our family just to overcome, um, is just with our words and, uh, and, and fighting and that kind of stuff. And, um, and so it's something that we've been working as a, on as a family and the pointing of the finger. But um, last week, if you remember, um, I did, uh, we did that song, They Will Know We Are Christians By Our Love. And while I was singing it during the week, the Lord totally just dropped Isaiah chapter 2, I believe it is verse 4. And uh, that's the passage where, where God basically invades an area, and the result is that people take their weapons, they beat their weapons into farming tools. Right? You guys know that passage? Right? And... Um, and I just feel like that, that is a fox, and maybe it's bigger than a fox, that we need to go after in our own interactions, not just here. I mean, it's, it's the body of Christ. But, um, but our words that we, we use with one another and, um, and basically which kind of comes down to a desire of being right, right? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of that person in, uh, in a relationship or at home, like, like, well, right or wrong, and who's right, who's wrong, whose fault is this, and the pointing of the finger. And it's something that God's been challenging me on, that the greatest of these is love. And, um, and I, I believe it's a prophetic word that we cannot, we cannot go after a harvest. We cannot harvest with weapons in our hands. Like, does anybody farm here? Right? Like, who farms with a, a sword? I know Elisha loves swords, so he's going to be sad to hear this. But, um, <laughs> but you can't farm with weapons. Like, who took a gun and just started firing little holes and then planting seeds? Like, it just doesn't work, right? <laughs> and, and so this is something that, that the Lord has really put on my heart um, for a long time. In Isaiah 58, it talks about if you do away with the pointing of the finger... And uh, Revelations 12, that passage we talked about, it's talking about how the accuser of the brethren, accusation, is a very powerful tool that the enemy uses. And if he can just get us to accuse one another, then we're coming into agreement with his kingdom, and then we're out of alignment. And uh, and I've actually had a couple of powerful dreams I just wanted to share, because they just illustrate so well, that um, one quite recently, there were... There were people, church people, and they were, um, some were coming at this direction and some were going in this direction. We were in a battle and um, they were fighting one another and it was an intense battle and it was vicious. Like it was so violent. It was gross actually. And they were just going at each other that way. And, um, and some would come up to other people and literally take their hands and release abortion. They would release stillbirth to other people. And with their words, they were releasing things that were bringing about destruction of ministries and destruction of, of people. And, and I woke up, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, that was, it was just awful. And, um, and then I'd had another one, um, another dream, actually, several years back, where um, I was in this bathroom, and this, uh, this girl comes up to me, and, and she's got, um, like, a, a dagger kind of a thing. And, uh, and she slides it on the ground over to me, 
and she wants me to pick it up, and she's like, let's go. Let's go. Let's just, like, start thrashing at each other. And in the dream, I just have this revelation. I'm like, we're on the same team. That's why I keep saying to her, like, we're on the same team. How, how can we, like, how can we do this to one another when we're on the same team? And so then she gets up. She goes to the mirror, and she puts on lipstick, and it's blood. She puts blood. That's her lipstick is blood. And, uh, and I just feel the Lord is calling us. It's good news. He's calling. He's raising up the standard. Because when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord raises up the standard. Right? So he's raising up the standard even now in overcoming. But he's raising up the standard in how we speak to and about one another, even behind each other's backs. And this might, you know, impact families. Like, it's totally, it's huge in our family. And the standard is, is holiness. And the greatest of these is love. And, uh, and going back to that passage in Isaiah 4 where we're feeding those plowshares into, or the, the spears and the swords into plowshares, um, it's a process. It's not easy to do. I mean, could you imagine taking a, a sword and whacking it into a tool? Like, you have to be intentional to do it. And there's going to be some effort and maybe some strategy Right, um, but uh, but we have to overcome. We have to contend in this way, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what what God is calling us to. And um, and there's this song also that's been on my heart, um, and it's uh, it's called Ceasefire. And I'm just going to read some of the lyrics. How do we save a life? Pointing fingers. How can we end the fight this way? When blame is the truth we're preaching and lies are what we're believing, no one ever wins when the goal is to settle the score. One by one we will call for a ceasefire. One by one we will fight for a better end. One by one we could rewrite the headlines. Standing side by side. One by one love is building an empire. One by one, reaching out to our enemies. One by one, we will make it to the finish line. Standing side by side, ceased fire. It's a powerful song. It's a powerful song. And I just want to declare, here's the bridge, it goes, Teach us to live humbly, love unconditionally. Transform our hurt into hope and grant us your peace. So I just want to declare in Jesus' name a ceasefire over this place. I declare and I prophesy in Jesus' name a ceasefire in this place where there's been any divisions or sanctions or any of that stuff that is totally not from God because Jesus said, and when he was praying, Lord, let that unity and let the love that we have, let it be in them. And that is going to change the headlines of what the church is like. That is going to catch some attention from the world. We won't even have to go out. People are going to come in in droves. So we've got to put away our weapons, and we pick up the greatest of these, which is love. We rise up above. We raise up the standard in Jesus' name. We raise up the standard in Jesus' name. And I prophesy a ceasefire. In Jesus' name, 
and I release a holy fear of the Lord of any word of accusation, anything that might want to come out of us. I just release a holy fear of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. These things are... I want to destroy the vineyard. We want to close with something here. Um, I fell off the stage. Revelations 12, we started with it. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, and the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. They have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. We contend to love our lives. We contend to love our lives. But if we our loving the world is actually enmity towards God. It says in Scripture, we can't walk two paths. We can't walk two paths. So I want to close with a couple of dreams we had. And as, as Heather can attest to this, I'm not a big dreamer. Um, I'm not a guy who, you know, every morning I wake up and go, yeah, I had a dream. I don't. So when I do dream, it's usually quite profound. If I remember a dream, it's a God dream. And... Um, they're usually pretty in-depth. I mean, I usually, I used to write down frantically in the dark. I couldn't even read my writing afterwards. I was like, what am I writing? So like all over the page, like four pages of just chicken scratch in the dark. And I prayed, and this was before cell phones. Yes, all the young people before cell phones. Um, I remember praying and asking the Lord for a tape recorder, something I could record dreams with, because I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm trying to find a light, and you're half asleep, and you're like, Meh. And then in the morning, you're like trying to remember your dream, and you can't remember what it was because you can't read it. And so the Lord, how many of you guys know God is an amazing dad? When we ask for stuff, like, Dad, I need this. I want to be closer to you. And when you speak to me, I can't remember it, so I want to, I want to record it. So I need something. I remember we were in Kansas City, and somebody came up to me and said, Lord, can I give you this? Here you go. And they handed me a tape recorder. I didn't ask for it. And it's like, praise the Lord. That's, that's how he is, man. That's how he rolls. It's phenomenal. And so we record dreams. And this was just last year. So fast forward a bunch of years. This was last year. I started having a series of dreams, and it is exactly, it's really where we want to go. There is no middle ground. There is coming a time, beloved, when you will have to sign a piece of paper that says, yes or no, I'm a Christian or not a Christian. There is coming a time where we need to be able to stand on the word and say that we did not love our lives even unto death. Because it's never been about us. 
I know it's a hard word for people to hear, but it's not about you. It's about Him. We were created for Him. We were created for a relationship with Him. And let me tell you, this is the greatest experience in life, the greatest experience you will ever have to walk in intimacy with Him, to know Him, to hear Him, to see Him, to hear His voice, to contend for that level of intimacy and just relationship. There's nothing greater. There is no greater pursuit than knowing Him. So in these dreams, um, how many of you guys know Heidi Bakeridge? Okay, Paul Bentley. You ever heard of Paul Bentley? Okay, a couple of people. Um, excuse me. <coughs> Can't tell you how handy that one down Paul. Thank you, Michael Paul. So I have this dream, and we're on this farm. There's a whole bunch of us. So there's like all these big name kind of generals. You know, Heidi Baker and Todd's there, and a couple other people are there. So these big name people. And then you have some kind of just lay people who are also, we're all contending as a group. We're, it's not us and them. It's not like there's this, this, oh, you know, this big name speaker person up here. And then we're just like the, the Christians down here kind of, what's the word of the Lord? It's not that. So we're on this farm. And it's this amazing move of God happening. And um, you know how dreams are, they're wacky. And so it is this big bed, and everybody's in this bed together. It's like that, that, that thing, you know, roll over, roll over. One rolled over, and he fell out, and there's ten in the bed, and the little one said, roll over. That thing. Anyway, so it's like all these people, and we're all in ministry together. And so you have Heidi and Todd and myself and a whole bunch of other people. I could list a whole slew of them. And God is moving. And powerful things are happening. And we're on this farm. And I'm, during the day I'm off and somebody else, is, they're talking and they're getting ready to talk and they're going to be sharing the word of the Lord. And I'm in this, in this barn. I remember being in this barn and I'm, and I'm like working out or doing something like that. And as I hear the Lord say to me, um, look down the road. And so you have these big barn doors, right? And I remember coming from, um, I was doing the salmon ladder or something like that in my dream. And I come from that and I look down the road and... The way it's set up is like this rolling hills and fields and this winding, meandering, dusty driveway. And all you can see is a plume of dust kind of cresting on the horizon. And I'm watching, and the Lord's like, just watch. And I'm watching, and I'm watching, and I'm watching. And I start seeing all these vehicles coming. And all of a sudden, fear is inside of me. And I'm like, oh no, they're coming for us. And I'm thinking, like, where are we? What country are we in? Like, we must be in a third world country. And as they're coming closer, white vehicles, RCMP, Limbo, uh, Larry Bull on the doors. And the Spirit of God says, go hide up in the loft. And I scampered up to the loft and I hid in the hay and it reminded me of, of the, the spies who, who went to Jericho. And I was hiding up in the hayloft. And I'm watching as the RCMP came rushing in and I could hear them talking as they're coming to arrest Christians. And people are looking really confused like, yeah, whatever. Not in this lifetime. Beloved, it's the word of the Lord. That we love not our lives. There is no middle ground. We're all in. We have to be. There has to be a contending. I could go on with another dream. This is, this is a consecutive, like a whole bunch of dreams like that. And there's an urgency to it. We're calling the body to a standard. There is no settling for status quo. There is no settling for the lowest common denominator. We are who he says we are. Right? You are who he says you are. 
and he has called you righteousness. He has called you holy and blameless and pure. He has called you to be light. He has called you to be light in dark places. He has called you to walk a standard. He has called you holy. He says, be holy as I am holy. Well, I can't. I'm only human. Not true. It's not. Okay. The provision is there. It is not the word of the Lord to say I'm only human. We need to do away with this language out of our mouths and out of our hearts. Finish off with one dream I had right after that. Now this one's a little more graphic, and I woke up just like, like "What do we do? Like God, help! We need provision. And the provision is there. And it's contending for holiness. It's a walking it out. It's a laying hold of it. You've got to go after it. It'll cost everything you have, but you've got to go after it. And this other dream." Um, this prophetic dream I had. Uh, Christians were being hunted, and there was persecution, and there was a kind of like an underground facility. You know, I don't think actually underground, but you know what I mean. It was a secret facility, and I was sneaking people in to raise awareness of what's actually happening behind closed doors. And guys, brothers and sisters, this is actually happening in other countries. This is not this is not something that's not happening. This is happening in other countries. My brother's been to multiple countries where, where Christians are being skinned alive. I'm sorry for the graphic nature of things, but it's true. They're actually being skinned alive, burned alive, raped publicly, beheaded by children and men and some women because they love not their lives. Because they refuse to renounce Jesus. They refuse to renounce the name of Jesus. And they're paying for it with their lives. This is not far-fetched. This is not make-believe. This is not something you just poo-poo and go, whatever. Okay? It's scripture. It's happening. In this last stream, I'm taking these people through, again, it's in Canada. And I'm taking people through this place, and it was under the cover of dark because you don't want to get caught. And I'm showing them. This is the room where people are burnt. This is the room where people are skinned. This is the room where people are tortured. This is the room where people are held without consent and their families have no idea where they are. And we're taking things out of this place to try and, to try and bring awareness to what's actually happening. And like I said, this stuff's actually happening. My brother, uh, he told us a story not too long ago about how they went to a place in Philippines, Indonesia, somewhere like that. And it was under the cover of dark. He had to wear a scarf around his head. I know. He had to wear a scarf around his head. And they took him on a scooter from one village to another village, like an hour of driving to go literally three blocks. They only went three blocks. They had to drive for an hour through markets, through all these places under the cover of dark with hoods on their heads just in case they were being followed. So they go to a fellowship where there was hidden Christians because if anybody knew, they would all be slaughtered. Why am I telling you all this? Because we can't keep going on the way we've been going. And we've drawn a line. 
for ourselves. And I'm drawing a line. And I want to speak this out as Holy Spirit. We're releasing something. Or I am calling the body of Christ to a higher standard. Either you're in or we're not. And if we're struggling, that's fine. The provision for that, press in. This is not a word of condemnation. This is a word of life and hope. We need to press in and contend for life and for the deep things of his presence because he's there and he wants to give provision. So we're going to close. I'm getting the clock thing going on here. Um, You got one last word? Okay, make a declaration. Um, I just want to declare something because I love declarations. But Jesus is coming back. Yeah? Something we actually don't talk a lot about. We don't hear a lot about. But Jesus is coming back to this earth. And there's going to be a collision. There is a collision of kingdoms. But we know the end of the story that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. He's made the provision by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We will overcome. God. Oh, okay. I need another lighter. I put Aaron's lighter down somewhere, so I own a new one. Anybody got a lighter? I think it's probably in my office. Yeah, I left it in my desk. Anybody got a lighter on them? Okay, so what we're going to do right now, um, are you going to... Go for it. Good. Go for it. This is kind of off schedule. I know there's another song and everything. Sad that we got to go here. So what we're going to do is I have a little barbecue here. We're going to have a barbecue. It's going to be good. And we have a bunch of paper, lots of paper, and lots of pencils and pens, stuff like that. We want to make provision. If there is anything, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be big, it could be little, it could be the same, it could be nothing. It could just be distractions, little foxes, anything in our lives that we need to get rid of, that we need to lay down, that we need to go hold of, lay hold of, and destroy that separates us from the presence of God, that contends to take out the vineyard. Come up. Nobody's going to see what it is. Write on a piece of paper, crumple it up in a bowl, throw it into the barbecue because we're going to light it all up. Okay? As Heather's been saying, there is provision. And we want to make provision. Why are we here? It's habit. It's something we do on a Sunday morning. We're here because we love Jesus. We want to meet with the King of Glory. Why are we here? Why are you here? What is it that captivates your heart? What is it that captivates your imagination? Is it Jesus? Because anything that contends for that needs to be cut out. Now people have an idea that, oh, I have no fun. Oh, no. Not true. Man, the kingdom is a party. To quote uh, the Glory Boys, Tim Lupo. So we're going to open up the altar. Come up, grab a pencil, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, write something down, toss it in the barbecue, and before we're done, we're gonna we're gonna just commit to God. And I know this is this is nothing special. This is just symbolic. It just gives people an opportunity to to release things. You don't have to do this. You can do it at home. But I would encourage you to. Holy Spirit, would you come?